the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Soapy will ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live, your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. We are here. Thank you for joining us tonight for the Bible Live broadcast. Uh, We are covering some wonderful books tonight. We're moving from the New Testament, the Greek um, writings of the Pauline epistles. We're just finishing them up. We're going to comment and go through this. Last week we read through 1 and 2 Timothy. We read through Titus, Philemon. And then after we finished those, we went to back to the Hebrew Scriptures, back to the Tanakh, and we picked up at the book of Isaiah and read the first 14 chapters of Isaiah. And that is going to be a real treat as well to get uh, back into the Hebrew Scriptures, particularly with this great prophet. He, his ministry spanned 41, about 40, 41 years uh, through about four or five of the kings of Judah. Uh, his, his primary audience were the people of Judah, although he did actually, uh, many of his messages had to do with uh, Moab, with, with other nations, uh, pagan nations, and, and nations that, that were attacking and oppressing the people of Israel. He had a number of messages for them as well. So we have... Um, we're going to spend a little bit of time introducing Isaiah and talking about his remarkable, uh, the book of Isaiah, the remarkable messages of this prophet of God. It, and uh, 66 chapters, and it kind of, in some ways, reflects the entire Bible. You have six, 66 books of the Bible. You have 39 of those books dedicated, uh, what we call the Tanakh, the Hebrew Scriptures, and then 27 in the New Testament that talk about Messiah. And so you have that clear division. Isaiah has somewhat also a clear division. And some, some people call it the gospel of Isaiah, that he, is, he has a clearer vision of the ultimate redemptive plan of God in the Messiah, in the Messianic, uh, the work of the Messiah to, to accomplish or to effect the redemptive plan of God uh, for humanity. Uh, it, the, some people think that Isaiah had as clear a picture of uh, 
the Messiah, who he was and what was going to be his role uh, as not only a conquering king when he returns, but also as a suffering servant, uh, giving his life in atonement for our sins. Uh, and so Isaiah, a very, very, very interesting book. We'll enjoy our time through it, and I hope you will join us uh, week to week. If you would like to join us in going through the scriptures, you can go to our website, thebiblelive.com. And if you log in there, you can see, uh, you can, right there on the opening page, you can see uh, the five readings for this coming week are already up there. We're going to continue forward into the book of uh, Isaiah. And so if you log in each and every day, Monday through Friday, you'll hear a good 15 to 20 minute reading from the scriptures, a a good, clear, flawless flawless read of a, a good, clear, modern version of the scriptures, the New Living Translation. Uh, and so we, it is a translation, not a paraphrase. And so you can hear the scriptures read. And I, I, not only that for yourself, but just think of uh, Stacy is here in the studio with me, my daughter Stacy, and we're okay. going to be discussing some of these things together. I, I was thinking about this today, Stace, that the Bible live there, people nowadays can hear the scriptures quite easily anywhere you know they can go apps and 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 so on um the the uniqueness of ours is that there it is already designed to read through the entire bible every year Mm -hmm. so if they click in every uh, every weekday monday through friday Mm -hmm. they can hear a good 15 to 20 minute reading and and in in the course of the year and in here we discuss the passages here in the evening and they can do that uh, individually, they can do it as couples. They can do it as a family. Mm-hmm. They can uh, maybe they have a neighborhood Bible study group or Sunday school class. They can go through the Bible together and then discuss it together. Mm-hmm. It also has not only the chance to hear the scriptures, but there are questions there on the website about each of these different sections and portions. A week long reading. You can find good thought questions, uh, questions for growth and questions for application of the scriptures. They're all there to help you to do that. And I was thinking today not only of individuals and groups and families and so on going through the scriptures together. And I know of of a number that are doing that. But also it occurred to me that among the elderly, there are there are quite a few folks who who now can't read mm-hmm. you know, their their mm-hmm. eyesight or has gone and, and there it's more difficult. Mm-hmm. And I remember Vonette Bright telling me that uh, <clears throat> I had given a, a copy of the entire Bible on CDs at that oh, time yeah. to the Bright family. And was Bill uh, still alive at that time or just Vonette? <clears throat> yes, he was still was alive. Bill and and, and but. In the last uh, oh three to six months of his life, mm-hmm. he he was, you know, he was suffering from uh, his illness and before his death, and uh, Vonette told me that when the family at times would read scriptures to him, mm-hmm. but when they couldn't, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it he would was, they let him he Aww, listened to the Bible so live neat. broadcast. <laughs> oh, I thought that was so. I really, that was such a, an that honor and a really sweet neat. thing to tell me. Yeah. She said, oh, no, it was wonderful because, you know, he would just love to hear the scriptures. And uh, well, so it I'll made me say, think yeah. today of, of older folks yeah. as well who might really enjoy a chance to just hear the yeah. Bible read to them, you know, especially those who've known the Lord many, many years and they know the scriptures. And But now they just 
can't read them uh, for themselves. So there are a lot of different uses you can make of the Bible Live broadcast. And so uh, go to thebiblelive.com, look it over, see if there's some resources and some uh, some ways that you could use the reading of the scriptures in your family or in your Sunday school group or, or whatever it might be. Now, tonight, Stacey, we were going to talk about uh, the books of First and Second Timothy mm-hmm. uh, and Titus, the two um, Pauline epistles, to, uh, they're called pastoral epistles. epistles. And then he wrote a, a small little letter Paul also wrote to a friend of his, a businessman who is probably, uh, it seems like perhaps maybe a, a quite wealthy or, or prestigious at least or uh well known in the in their the community in his church he had, he was a follower of Jesus Christ and Paul writes to him and talks to him about a a runaway uh servant from this man's household that had met Paul in Rome and Paul had led him to faith in Christ mm-hmm. and then he wrote to Philemon and said, I, uh, he is coming back to you. I want you to receive him as you would receive me, mm-hmm. a brother in Christ. Not a slave, not a servant, mm-hmm. but receive him as you would a brother in Christ. And, and if there's any expense involved, I'll pay it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a remarkable book. Mm-hmm. It really is. Uh, I've recon- it's just such an example of <laughs> reconciliation and how the gospel, gospel brings together groups and peoples that ordinarily would never seem to 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 connect. Yeah, it seems like that may have been. I, I don't know about this for sure, but may, may have been actually more true in that day. Mm-hmm. The way as you know, the Romans, you have people from all the different backgrounds. You have Jewish people. You have Gentiles of all kinds, and in congregations. It seemed to span exactly. that, that spectrum. Right. No other bathhouses. Today we seem a little bit more broken into uh, m- maybe, uh, maybe, I don't know. Uh, I see signs as well, though, uh, when you have the National Day of Prayer and when I visit different congregations around the city, that there are, that still is happening. Mm-hmm. There Within are the church, uh, yeah. across socioeconomic yeah. right. levels yes. and uh, ethnic or mm-hmm. backgrounds and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, there seems to be uh, a good mix of, in some ways, people meet by their people groups and with the people that, of, that they feel, that they, the cultures uh-huh. and mm-hmm. so on, that they feel comfortable with and linguistically Styles as well. And things. Uh-huh. But on the other hand, too, there is a, a great you know, crossing you know, kind mm-hmm. of... Uh, what, what is it? Um, Cross pollination <laughs> in the, the church, I guess. But but yeah, the, Paul saw that particularly in their uh, culture and their in that society where the gospel was spreading across the Roman Empire like like a wildfire, mm-hmm. and they you'd see Roman soldiers and you'd see Gentiles and you'd, of all different backgrounds and Jewish people uh, as part of these congregations, and it, it's a. It, it's kind of an encouragement to us, yes. really, to see that. It's exciting, too. I mean, yes. So we'll talk about Timothy, Titus, and Philemon. And then uh, we'll get into the opening chapters, first 15 chapters of the book of Isaiah. We'll introduce you to this great prophet of God in the time uh, period in which he exercised his ministry. What were some of the characteristics of his ministry? Uh, 
his messages. Uh, it was primarily to the nation, the two tribes of Benjamin and Judah in the south that came to be known as Judah uh, because it, it was during that period of time when um, when uh, the king, they had yeah, split. Israel in the north, uh-huh. the kingdom had split. The ten tribes in the north were destroyed mm-hmm. in 722 uh, w- during the time of Isaiah's, Isaiah was prophesying. About midway, just mm-hmm. about midway through the time that he was uh, his ministry of 40 years is when uh, the uh, um, Salmanasher of the nation of Assyria came down with their capital in Nineveh, came down and destroyed Samaria and uh, took the people of Israel in the north into exile and never to return. So uh, um, Israel fell. The ten tribes in the north fell in, about in the middle of Isaiah's mm-hmm. uh, prophetic ministry. So we'll talk about all of that and and um, and about this great prophet of God, how he lived, what were his messages. How, and, uh, and we'll ask a few questions to try to get you involved as well and let you go, come and join us in our conversation. And by the way, any time during the hour, whether we have questions or not for you, uh, you are welcome to give us a call, 210-340-9585, 210-340-9585. And you can be a part of the Bible Live broadcast, sharing your comment, um, maybe your experience with a particular passage of Scripture that has meant a lot to you, or, or maybe asking a question. Uh, we'll be glad to jump in there with you and give at least a thought about it. And, of course, our listeners, other listeners can call in and respond as well. So give us a call if you want to be a part of the Bible Live program this evening, 210-340-9585. We'll be glad to hear from you. All right, Stace, let's, let's talk. Let's start with Timothy. Okay. We we we've. <clears throat> we didn't we read one reading from Timothy in the week prior to this one, mm-hmm. but uh, let's. We, last week we did not introduce these books. We were so overwhelmed. <laughs> what we Getting had five there. books last That's week right. to cover yeah. uh, from uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians, <laughs> and so uh, we did not get into Timothy. We reserved that for this week. So let's let's talk about these Pauline epistles. What have you kind of yeah. gleaned? From them, some of the thoughts that you you sure. have picked up. Well, one of the, I mean, just the intentionality of, uh, and, and the practicality of of how the gospel works together then within a group of people. I mean, it's really the beginnings of church leadership and the formation of of how a church might function. Yeah, and, and what uh, would be the what would be the different aspects or the different um mm, the different ministries the yes. different activities that uh-huh. a church might during that era mm-hmm, the roles and uh and i i just uh i think it's so it's such a beautiful kind of mix of of practical and just kind of and so and we think practical of not necessarily being biblical but mm-hmm. practical is practical because it's based on what is true the needs of the, the people and yeah. what is true what is what is our true anthropology how mm-hmm. do people function what is what is their best how are they and and that is a, a product of it's because of how we were created and why mm-hmm. god created us the way he created us 
in certain ways. And so it's it's just neat to see that kind of form. Um, and in, in a lot of ways, and this might tie to um, our psalm, our worship and uh, wisdom mm-hmm. hour uh, from the readings, uh, the, was Psalm 104. And Psalm 104 that you read about was mm-hmm. m- large about God's creation and his masterful, uh, uh, the masterful right. creation. And uh, there's also a famous hymn that's out of Psalm 104. So I'll throw that out there if anybody. Yeah, we'll put, let's put that out there. <laughs> Psalm 104 is mm-hmm. the source or the, I would say, the inspiration perhaps yes. for one of the very well-known hymns that we sing in our congregations, uh-huh. Psalm 104. So if you want to check that out, look, Psalm 104. If you can call us and tell us what is that hymn that is based that is found that was inspired by Psalm 104. And then, I mean, and it is not impossible to think that, I mean, they would have read that same Psalm 104, these churches. And, you know, we sing these hymns. They would have sung hymns and mm -hmm. sung uh, similarly. And I think that that's what's so neat. Um, you get to we get to really see almost a new creation of people. I mean, it is his kingdom come. Um, and when the when the church begins to, yeah. to form and take shape, it's like, you know, I had new, not thought of that. Uh, and that new, it is a very a brand new social institution, uh-huh, exactly. a brand new entity in in mm-hmm. in a people group, uh-huh. a brand new kind of people yeah. in in. All of those different cultures, right. whether it was in within Israel or out into the Roman Empire and Ephesus and mm-hmm. Colossians, this was a brand new creation in a way. I mean, wow! Yeah, and that, uh, that is interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, I guess the Pauline epistles give us a picture of uh, kind of right. how they functioned right. and what they perceived mm-hmm. to be what was indeed their purpose. Mm-hmm. And I've often wondered what would Paul, what would Peter, what would Jesus? Even, I wonder. What they would think, um, more particularly, I guess, uh, Paul and, and and the believers of that era, if they saw our uh, came to San Antonio yeah. on a Sunday and they came and they they went around and they were able to see some of the congregations gathering, singing, mm-hmm. sharing, offering, uh, doing everything that we do in our churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I often wonder what they would. Oh, I say. bet they would be. So I bet, well, I bet, you know, what's funny, I, I, I bet it'd be very similar <laughs> to, in a way, I bet they'd be, there would be just such blessing and such uh, joy in some. And to I see bet, so many. Uh-huh, and to, to see, see some. Yeah. And then perhaps others, there might Maybe be some. <laughs> see some of the problems we have exactly, as well. Like, yeah. they, like he did there in uh, Timothy. So it I think we be. have a caller. Is that we right? do. Ruben. I think Reuben is on the airwaves. Yes, Reuben. How are you this evening? Are you there, Reuben? I am oh, like super, super. Yes. Are you there? There we go. Yes, we got you now. Okay, you you asked me how am I doing, I, and I was telling you, I was saying I'm super, 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 but you didn't hear that. So ask hear, me again. So how are you doing tonight, Reuben? <laughs> I am super, 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 oh, super blessed. That's I, wonderful. I, would, I have a question, and then I have an answer. And may I say a quick testimony? Because yeah. I am positive that someone, some of your listeners may be going through what I'm going through right now yeah. with my family. Okay. May I? Of course. Just really yes, quick. Would, yes, please. Okay. 
Okay, for it's been about 10 years, um, my family came against me, and my brothers and my sisters. And um, on Mother on on Easter Sunday, this past Easter, um, my mother passed away. They did not allow me to see her. They would not allow me to go to the funeral. They didn't allow, and, and it hurt. Mm. And okay, so I was just like God. I was so hurt. I was like, Lord, you know, do something to them. But Lord said, Reuben, 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 no, pray for them. I'm like, I don't want to. Look what they've been. Look what they've done to me for ten years. So, long story short, I said, okay, I've been praying for them since right about Easter. Today, oh God, I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna cry. Today. My sister, my dad calls my sister and asks if she could take him to the store. And she said, yeah. And then um, the reason why she took him was because she wanted some money from him. But my dad didn't have that much money. And so when he got home, he told me, he said, hey, she wanted to borrow some money. I said, I kind of figured something like that. And the Lord rebuked me for saying that. And the Lord said, call her. I called her. I said, hey. Um, you need some money? And she was like, yeah. Um, she goes, how much do you think they'll, they'll give me for my 52-inch TV at a pawn shop? I said, they won't give you that much. I said, how much do you need? And she told me. And she goes, I asked her, do you have a cash app? She goes, yeah. I go, well, give me your cash app. She goes, why? And I said, just give me your cash app. I'm, I'm going to give you the money. And she just started crying. Aww. She just cried. And this is what she said. She said, Ruben... How, after I gave her the money, she goes, how can you give me money after the way we've treated you over the ten, these past 10 years, and especially when mom died? Mm. And I just told her, I said, you know what, Marianne? I said, don't worry about that. I said, we, we don't need to talk about that anymore. That's mm. gone. Mm. I'm not going to bring it up. I don't want you to bring it up. You're my sister. Oh. I'm your brother. And there's nothing to be. We don't have to ask. Because she was asking me for forgiveness. Yeah. I said, look, you don't have to, but I forgive you. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to, but I forgive you. So the moral of what I just said is if there's anyone out there who is having problems with the family, don't give up. Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. give up. Because Look what God did for me in 10 years, 15, yeah. 10 years, but look what he did. Mm-hmm. So I'm super, super stoked. And wow. okay, man, answer. <laughs> now I see why you're super, super, super happy. That, yes. That's wonderful. That is a great, praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for that, Amen. for sure. And and hopefully that's just the beginning of a, a, a new time, another 10 years of reconciliation, of harmony, of peace, yes. of love in the family. We'll, we'll pray for that to be a yes. reality. May I answer the question that uh, she posed for Psalms 104? Yes. What great hymn is based on the words of Psalm 104? Um, Is it uh, Chris Tomlin's How Great Is Our God? Oh, close. oh! You know that is how awfully great. good. That is off. That isn't the. We were, how, how we were talking about one or more of our traditional hymns that we oh, sing. Traditional. It's, yeah. What? But 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 no. You're you're probably right about that one as well. 
uh, Stacy sort of kind of gave you a strong hint. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's now, we're talking about oh, hymns a long time. We've been singing a long, long time, not a new song they've put together. But it starts with the words, how great. Can you think of what it is? I'm lost. I'm lost. I'm lost right now. <laughs> Do you know that song? Oh Lord, I'm God. When I in oh, awesome yeah. wonder, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art! There you go. How great thou art! How great thou art! That was because you helped me. It's a great old hymn there, and, and oh, yeah. I never knew actually until actually until I was doing the Bible. Live and read the uh, read that psalm and, and that I read. Wow, that that's that must be where that was from. And it I've kind of googled it and looked at it, and it was based on that yeah, scripture. It's that indeed. opening, oh Lord, my God, how great you are! You are robed with honor and majesty. You are dressed in a robe oh, of light. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, it is yeah. beautiful. Oh. So yeah. very good. You've answered one of our questions. Yeah. The first of our questions this evening, Ruben. So we're really, really happy for you. I, I don't know. Have you already won uh, one of our prizes? Uh, actually, I I kind of have. But you, you didn't gave pick me some it up. Books. Did you pick? It? Yeah, I haven't had I haven't had a chance to pick it up. Let me um, let me put your name on. The, I've got a set of those books. These are they're a great set of books called God Understands. And if uh, you ha- you don't have one set of them already, do you? No, no, no. Okay. You you uh, a couple of weeks ago you you yeah. gave me some, but I haven't had I haven't had a chance to pick them up. Well, let me put them on the desk here at KSLR Studio. It's found at ninety six oh one McAllister Freeway. Do you think you will be able to come by and get them? Yes, I can, but uh, just my work schedule has been kind of hectic That's right no now. Rat. Yeah, no right. Um, but I will let me let me do this. Would you take down Ruben's address? We'll just mail them. I'll put them in the mail. Are you sure? Yeah, that's all right. We'll do that. Okay. Uh, Ruben, okay. And any of our other listeners tonight that want to call in and be a part of the program, they will try to. We have a number of these set. They're wonderful. A set of books called God Understands, and it talks about different okay. situations and circumstances of life that may be difficult or challenging and how God's word speaks to those situations. So uh, we'll put aside one of these. Don't hang up, Ruben. Would you give your, uh, address. your address and your uh, phone number to John? All right. Give your information to John, and I'll mail this set of books to you. All right? Thank you, Ruben. Don't hang up. I will rejoice, I will rejoice. The Lord is my rock, a sure foundation. There's our break music. The Bible Live will continue. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Don't you go anywhere. With every breath I sing His praise. With all my heart I seek His ways. I will rejoice for all my days. I will rejoice in the Lord. To the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Dr. Stan 
Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family that's Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. You're listening to The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. All right, we are back. This is the Bible Live broadcast. Uh, Soapy Dollar here, your host, and my dear sister in Christ, yeah, my go. daughter <laughs> as well. Stacy is with us as well in the studio, and we're discussing the passages of Scripture that we read through this last week on the Bible Live uh, readings. So you can go to our website, thebiblelive.com, and you'll find the entire Bible. You, if you begin to listen this week, this time next year, you will have read all the way through the Scriptures and come back to uh, where we are today. We just finished reading the books of First and Second Timothy, Titus, and Philemon, and then we returned this past week to the, to the Old Testament, of the Tanakh, and we begin with the prophets Isaiah and Jeremiah. We've read all of the Old Testament up to those books, and we'll continue to make our way through both the Old and New Testaments uh, each and every week. If you join with us, like I say, we read the entire Bible to you. You get to hear it, um, uh, hear the scriptures, just simply the scriptures being read to you, and so that you can hear them and respond to them and, and study them. There are resources there at the website for you to uh, use to grow, to learn, uh, to deepen your understanding of the scriptures and get to know the Lord, the, the, the writer of the scriptures, get to know him better and better. That's our objective. And I hope that you will join with us, perhaps, and make your way through the scriptures <clears throat> with us every year. Excuse me. Now, uh, we were just about to uh, to introduce, we were beginning to introduce the books of First and Second Timothy and Titus. These are from the Pauline epistles. The Paul wrote these uh, churches, uh, Galatians, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Thessalonians. He wrote to the churches that he had helped to start and found. And then we come to these uh, these three books, First and Second Timothy and Titus, and they call, they are called the pastoral epistles because these two young men, Timothy and Titus, were young. Uh, um, oh, I would say uh, Paul had served as a mentor to them. Uh, he had this, what we would say, discipled them, taught them, uh, had brought them to faith in Christ, and then uh, helped them to grow and mature as believers, and to the point that they became leaders themselves in the different congregations, serving the congregations in terms of uh, serving as pastor, as shepherd for the congregation. And we're, we were talking about, as we look at the books of First and Second Timothy, particular, particularly in light of the church today, what would 
Paul, what would Timothy, what would Titus, what would any of those first century uh, believers think if they were to visit our city, your community, and come to your congregation, to your church? We were kind of kind of guessing in our minds, what would he see? What would he, uh, how would they respond? And uh, Reuben gave us a call and talked about, you know, his family and uh, some of the stress and, and, and pressures that were on his family, as opposed to some difficulties, you know, that were pulling them apart. And of course, it, it made you, mm-hmm. Stacy commented to me during the break, well, that's, that sounds like, uh, it, because in some of these in some of these books, Ephesians, Philippians, mm-hmm. I can't remember. It seemed like it maybe in Philippians or seemed, he actually advises two sisters mm-hmm. that are having a disagreement, and he he encourages them to reconcile, mm-hmm. to to give each other a big hug and forgive each other and move. Right. And I and I think that in our culture, in our society uh, here in today, America, families are under stress. There's a, oh, yeah. there's, there's Two, way too many divorces. There, there's mm-hmm. couples that can't get along. There are uh, there are children uh, that are dis- you know separated from the Estates, moms and dads and, and affected by those mm-hmm. the financial pressures of every kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, can the church can the church or is the church being a part of the problem, or are we are we being as God's people? Are we being an instrument to to, to bring healing and to bring reconciliation? Mm-hmm. That would be a really good question because the same kind of yeah. problems that they had then that we detect there in these scriptures, mm-hmm. we seem to have them as well today. Maybe mm-hmm. you have another perspective oh. on that as well. Well, and then too, I, I think the, uh, the the church is all about expanding the kingdom too and um like you even said in your you called me a sister and you and we laugh at that but but actually i mean you were an orphan you had no brothers and sisters you had no father you had no and that's what the church does do actually Mm -hmm. i am your sister in Mm -hmm. christ Mm -hmm. Uh, we can qualify and Mm -hmm. um and he and and i i just think that that's one of the, the beautiful not only is it reconciliation of uh, of roles that were, you know, the, of, of that were broken you know, with Reuben and his family, mm-hmm. and he and and the miracle that God does in within relationships. I mean, he himself, the miracle of the Trinity, we've talked about mm-hmm, so much, mm-hmm. and that is he is in the business of reconciling and bringing together that, and and then expanding as well, and um, just abundantly, uh, it's abundant family, so. Um, The family that you do have, healing that, bringing peace there, letting um, the Holy Spirit do a work in in hearts where... give forgiveness that's um, very interesting and and then expand yeah i think that um and boy in today's time we have more you know opportunity ever than ever before to be able to do that Um, difficult times of difficulty and trial and, and and uh hardship pressing they Ironically, they they tend to be a great time of blessing mm-hmm. for God's people because we take our eyes off of our prosperity and off of our comfort, and mm-hmm. and we begin we we buckle down and get serious about our faith, and you know for our mm-hmm. own sake, and then we end up being 
uh, also becoming more what the church is supposed to be, the people of God, bringing healing. All the different qualities that bind us together in the church. Uh, what What are the basic qualities that we detect and experience in our relationship with God? One of the most prominent of them, for sure, is forgiveness. Oh, yes. I mean, it's yeah. fundamental to the gospel. Yeah. We're forgiven. And, and I was thinking, I taught two classes this morning out at Lackland Air Force Base for the basic trainees going through uh, into the Air Force. And I taught our Bravo lesson, which has to do with faith. Yeah. Um, the next lesson is Charlie. And, and as I introduced you, I realized the Charlie class uh, is all about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It's about how we experience God's forgiveness uh, as we trust in Christ for our sin. And also, how do we bring that forgiveness we have in Christ? How do we, what's the faith step and the means by which we bring that forgiveness down into our daily life so that uh, we not only experience God's forgiveness, but we're able to receive forgiveness for others. We're able to, to forgive other people. Mm-hmm. And it's just a basic thing. I think all of those love, God's patience, all of those things we experience from God in the gospel Mm -hmm. are intended, I think, for us to be able to not only experience them from him, Mm -hmm. but then we become a fountain. We become a source Mm -hmm. of joy. We become a source Mm -hmm. of peace, of forgiveness for others. God's love pours out through us. I love that. And that's our role, isn't it? In your opening for the scripture reading, if you, uh, one of the, the the Bible, God's word is a fountainhead of civilization. I don't mm-hmm. know why you're saying that. Just, of course, reminds me of that. But um, so so true. And and mm-hmm. even I love it in Timothy. One of the I think we were going to talk about was uh, just in the role of God's word in the church. Paul uh, tells <laughs> yeah. Timothy before I can get you when all else you know just just read the scriptures to the church mm-hmm. <laughs> when read. you don't know what else to do yeah. if you're not sure read, just read the scriptures to the church read focus, God's word focus your ministry on reading, reading the, the Bible <laughs> which which actually was one of the passages of scripture uh, that that was. Um, <clears throat> that was inspiration for the Bible, the Bible Live broadcast. Because, yeah. you know, there are a lot of preachers that, you know, they read a verse or two or a text and, and then they preach on it. And, there, and there's nothing wrong with that. This could be a great blessing. But I realize that there are very few that where you actually get to hear the Bible itself. Mm-hmm. And, and that became kind of a passion to let the people, because I noticed in the Bible often, the great revivals of the Bible began with an exceptional uh, proclamation of the scriptures, whether it was Josiah uh, or or Hezekiah. We read about in Mm -hmm. in these chapters Mm -hmm. of Isaiah about the King Hezekiah. And then Isaiah was a great historian. Mm -hmm. And you know that much of his history was taken from scripture. Exactly right. And and he seemed to have a great prophetic view and understanding Mm -hmm. of the role of the Messiah in the redemptive plan mm-hmm. of God. And so it's, yeah, the scriptures are both so basic and fundamental. And we're told in Timothy, 2 Timothy 2.15, study the scriptures mm-hmm. to show yourself uh, approved unto God, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so it, it, we're admonished very clearly uh, to I get think, into God's yeah, word. I think one of my other favorite um, aspects things of even in, in your commentary on the readings, um, though, was 
the idea of a church or of or of God's people in the world that there's kind of one talented person and we all just kind of rally around that talented person and and support them and give them finances to to they go and tell the gospel well, we just kind of you know, do mm-hmm. our thing and, and can, that is, that is not the, no, that is not the not biblical model. The model. Uh, um, and, uh, give it over to the hired professional. Right, right. Yeah. That, but that, but that you all, mm-hmm. every, every <laughs> believer has their role and is a part of the great mission of the church. And that is to proclaim the gospel, the good news to go and tell the world, the uh, the Great Commission, yeah. and um, and that whatever, and you have your place, and you have. I, I have a friend that uh, well, I'm sh- I'm sure it's, but grow where you're planted, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the idea where where the Lord has placed you with your specific talents and gifts. Use that, and in every way, though, to proclaim the good news. Yeah, I mean, even your Ruben's, family, your neighbors. Yes, I your, just love yeah. Reuben's testimony. I mean, you know, giving a phone call and say, can I share my testimony? Can I tell you mm-hmm. what God did in my life? Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. I, always, I love that. The woman at the well. Sorry, I know this isn't the passage, but the first thing she does is she just goes and tells her story. She just <laughs> tells what Jesus did to her in her life. And it sparks a revival in the sparks, whole city. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. it's as simple as, uh, as that, mm-hmm. but that we're all called um, to be the the church in that way we're all and i i love that i just uh yeah it's it's a it is a, a great it's a commission and you know in the military when you get your commission you you go and when <laughs> and we do. do so we're tied into god's uh ultimate will and purpose right. for with even the creation of humanity right. uh I, I for a long time i've emphasized the fact that there's there's a phrase in the bible that's used over and over again I will be their God and they will be my people. And I've gotten different reports about how many times from 80 something times throughout the whole scriptures, mm-hmm. this, this is repeated. Now that's the exact phrase, but other times it's presented maybe in a little different wording and different words, but I will be their God. They will be my people. I will give to you and your descendants after you, the land of your sojourning, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession I will be their God. Uh, that's in Genesis, in Exodus. Then I will take you for my people. I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. There's uh, Exodus. I am the Lord who brought you out of Egypt to be your God. Therefore, be holy because I am holy. Uh, I will walk among you and be your God, and you shall be my people. Leviticus 26. I will remember them for their and with their for the covenant with their ancestors whom I brought out of the land of Egypt in the sight of nations, that I might be their God. I am the Lord. Uh, I, uh, over and over again throughout the scriptures, and, and I've got a number of them all through different books of the Bible. Uh, I will be their God. They will be my people. Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Second Corinthians 6.16. In the book of Hebrews, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, said the Lord, I will put my laws in their minds, and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. This is what I call the, the prime directive. If for all you, They sailed through space and all the adventures. The, there was this opening line, you know, d- space, the last frontier. And, and he goes, and that is the directive that, that 
guided them in the way they would react to uh, other people groups and to the discoveries that they make in their scientific wanderings through space. Now, that was just fiction and purely, (laughs) but they had a guiding principle that led them. They knew what their purpose was. And the same thing, I think, I see that I will be their God, they will be my people as the prime directive that God has given to us. That's his that's the that's something that is God is doing in every situation in every moment mm-hmm. in our homes, our families, in our lives, in our neighborhoods, calling uh, out a people what are, he in the middle of that yeah. he's using his people acting through in their lives and speaking through their testimonies and their words he is calling out of, out of the people of the of planet Earth, out of the human race, a people for himself. And so you're right. We, we get to be a part of that. That's, that's it. That has motivated me for so many years, mm-hmm. from even childhood, the fact that we could be a part of helping reach uh, yeah. the whole world. Mm-hmm. Seven point something billion people. We can be, and we've been a part, mm-hmm. and, and we've been able to do that. And, and of course, you and your your brothers, and you've been a part of that in our congregations. Mm-hmm. Always remembering that we are part of that great purpose of God, mm-hmm. in making Him known, and helping others to know Him. Um, now, well, we got off on that real quick, didn't we? And we got that was <laughs> that was a, a great priority and a great thing to bring up. And God, and in Paul's gives that priority to both Timothy and Titus, and yet the practicality of a church is it's a community of people mm-hmm. with real problems, real mm-hmm. challenges, real mm-hmm. difficulties, and some have, uh, I need a job, I need, uh, I need healing, there, there's sickness, there are difficulties mm-hmm. and trials, that, and we're to be a community loving one another, encouraging one another, helping mm-hmm. one another, and ultimately to build each other up as a body Mm -hmm. of people to help us present the gospel, to help lead others to that faith. And I love, too, it's it's an interesting, to sort of see how they interact in the culture around, like, uh, you know, in in fact, in in the readings, you mentioned this, too, uh, in the Proverbs, in the wisdom section, um, I can't remember which one it was this past week, but there was a passage, and in the reading, it said, uh, don't, uh, oh, it's pointless to argue or what, with a fool, right? Or mm-hmm. to show, and then in the very next, uh, the very next yeah, sentence yeah, If you find yourself okay, arguing, uh, you know, go for go it. For argue it, right. with a fool. <laughs> yeah. and, it, and it seems to be completely contradictory. Yeah, exactly. and, and it says you, you use wisdom. You, you use your uh, discernment to, to see in which situation sometimes it is worth going ahead and making the point, even for the sake of others that might be hearing or listening, so that this rambling or the fool doesn't spread. Other times, pearls before swine kind of thing. Yeah, it's not worth don't it. Waste and don't your time. waste yeah. your time, right? And um, and I, it's you get that same sense of kind of wisdom being used in the church and how they interact with the culture because. Some mirror the culture around them, particularly maybe the household dynamics or the importance of family in the mm-hmm. Greco-Roman world and and the churches. But at the same time, and 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 then they were always very suspicious of these people of these new kind of groups that would uh, start to coalesce. Mm-hmm. And so, and Paul's very there. It's a very delicate. They don't want to wreck. 
the society. They're not trying to come in and make upheaval. Um, and yet they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, like, it's this very, I mean, it really is a um, it, yeah. is, it is. It is the whiz. It is something that truly the Holy Spirit would have to mm-hmm. have. I mean, the the church and the fact that it has grown so much and and survived and lived mm-hmm. uh, and has not been squashed. And you know, I think you get a picture of this sometimes when you minister overseas. You oh, get. Yeah. Uh, here, of course, the gospel has mm-hmm. been a, a prominent in our culture, in our society, and in, in our language in the, mm-hmm. for probably 200 years or more even mm-hmm. uh, here in, in America. We were, we were born out of religious fervor, out mm-hmm. of evangelistic fervor and mm-hmm. a desire to, to be able to worship God uh, freely and to be able to share the gospel freely. Right. So it's been a part of our culture and our society for a long time. And that's often right. a little bit difficult because right. the familiar becomes something and so we take it for granted we don't uh, experience it deeply and profoundly Uh but if you go into uh, I I remember going into the Soviet Union into Russia into Mm -hmm. Kazakhstan into Ukraine and some of these countries where had just opened up to the gospel Mm -hmm. uh, after the fall of of the the tearing down of the wall between in, in East and West Berlin and the the Soviet Empire began to crumble. Uh, going into Mongolia, where there was no church, there was one congregation in all the nation of of, of Mongolia when I arrived, mm-hmm. uh, and there it was a very small little congregation. I met them and. and we began to proclaim the gospel and work with them and we're using the Jesus film in, in the, in the nation. Um, things now, and I, I you, folks could Google it. I did Google it not too long ago and it seems tens of thousands of believers right. uh, in, in, in these years that have passed. So, so things happen, you but it, of, yeah. it's a social dynamic, but it's not the institution. It's the individual life. Mm-hmm begetting life, life touching life, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a, a brother or sister, a family member, a neighbor, someone who uh, lives down in the same apartment complex. Right. I think that's, you know, I, you, when, you, when you say that, that's that's so true. I, I think I probably, you know, at that time, the, the church was very much the minority within this Roman Greco world. Maybe you, and in other words, the church was not, they weren't trying to take over the state. They weren't trying to, right. and yet... I'm sure the state looking at might be threatened by them. And so how do you live in such a way that, yes, we do want to absolutely turn your world upside down, but not in the way that you think we do. Mm -hmm. In the same way (laughs) that Jesus did. Right, exactly. My kingdom is not of this this world. world, I want to, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to control you. I want to. I want to liberate. liberate. Yeah, I don't right. And uh, it's an interesting, and, and in large part, the church should be and should function in that same way. I think of maybe the, maybe the, how the church in China might have to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. pre- because very much a si- similar mm-hmm. uh, political. You know, they would be threatened by the church, and yet the church is not there to try and um, take power. And the church is a servant. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, it, in the modern a, era, with the with we have the you know the democratic by the people and that uh-huh. sort of thing, it, it, it is probably more more uh, clearly seen in, it, in that actually the church, without intending necessarily 
to exercise power, to change the whole culture. They're focusing on individual right. lives, right. but change lives, change the world. Exactly. And so now you you have the, the we, we right. saw slavery to a big extent, both in England and in the United States. People of faith, those who knew the right. Lord and, and, right. and honored him, they were a fundamental part of bringing about transformation yeah. in that particular way, and in many other ways as well. And this is a little bit of a, a, a turn from it, but I, speaking of, though, the influence, I always love that line um, in Hamilton in the musical, it, the idea that a president in George, like George Washington, and so in Hamilton, George Washington is president. I think he served two terms, and then King George is kind of looking on and seeing, oh, this little America and what the end, uh, and then George step, you know, George Washington steps down, and and the king and King George over is like completely flummoxed like he what, what? He, he he had the ultimate the, the top ranking and he surrendered he gave it up and uh i think that is in large part kind of how the church is as far as the function of it yes i mean in large you absolutely would love to have that influence and that but but, but surrender the power, you know, surrender mm-hmm. the, um, I don't know. Oh, there's lay, so many ways that. that actually this ties in books of Timothy, Titus. The, all of this is portrayed as tall, Paul talks to these two young pastors about how to minister in the church and how to minister to the people, mm-hmm. how to help the people. Right. Their function is to help the people be the kind of, have the kind of influence that they would have in their homes and families, neighborhoods mm-hmm. and jobs. And Titus. We'll come back and we'll use our final segment, kind of segue over into the Hebrew scriptures, the book of Isaiah. So don't go away. We'll be right back here with more from the Bible Live. To feed the hungry children with warmth and good food, to feel the earth below the sky above. I am the light of the world. This is the Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Listening to the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. This is what you were saying, Stacey, that, that uh, <laughs> love in every language, in any language, and that essentially we yes. project that out. That's our purpose as That's God's right. individually. Mm-hmm. And as the as the church, and that, I lo- yeah, fluently spoken here, <clears throat> as far as the church, 
That would be a good sign to put over the church door. <laughs> right. Loving in English, fluently Love spoken, spoken here. here. Love spoken here. <laughs> that would be great. Well, we're ending yes. up our, our comments on First and Second Timothy, um, these two young men that Paul uh, uh, admonishes and encourages in their work. Now they're serving a next generation is coming along. And um, maybe some folks don't know that Second Timothy, second letter that Paul wrote to Timothy it was the last letter mm-hmm. he wrote before his death mm-hmm. that we have. Right. And uh, so though, it's very, very beautiful. Second Timothy in particular is very powerful. And Second Timothy chapter 2 is one of those verses that is quoted quite often in terms of giving a, de- a definition for discipleship. Uh, the whole idea of discipling other people is not just going to a Bible course, uh, but the whole idea is spiritual multiplication. Where is that passage? I'm going to find it in Second Timothy chapter two, uh, where Paul says the same thing you've heard from me tell you in, in the presence of other faithful men. I want you to tell others so that they can reach others, still others. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea is Paul reaches Timothy, he tells others, and then they reach others. So, mm-hmm. so you see the idea right. of spiritual multiplication taking place, right. uh, people reaching people. Let me see if I can find that verse. Um, Timothy, I'm going to work hard to present the gospel. Uh, One thing I, I think that is also kind of important here, and this may be... Yeah. Uh, but also in Second Timothy is in chapter four, verse three through four. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is just to. It's not always just you know we speak of love fluently spoken here mm-hmm. and of um, reconciliation. And mm-hmm. Those are wonderful things, and that is absolutely true. But uh, but it, it it well he warns. Let's just say Paul mm-hmm. warns Timothy that a time's coming when people won't want to hear the the gospel truth. Um, and instead we'll seek out preachers that just tell them what they want to hear. And mm-hmm. that is a, a hard, uh, that is easy to do. It is easy to kind of m- try to mimic the, what one might think of love and like a feel good, uh, mentality. Kind Perhaps of the way the culture defines it. You know, right. Around exactly. you mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, maybe I, with maybe, Ruben mentioned that that forgiveness. I mean, reconciliation is not always easy, and it's not always. Uh, it doesn't necessarily always make you initially feel great. Sometimes there is exposure. Sometimes there is hearing things you don't really want to hear about yourself, and realizing mm-hmm. how sinful we really are, and mm-hmm. how much we need. Ultimately, though, it's it's forgive. You know, it is joy, and there's. A, but there is something that it has to go through. Anyway, I just want to... And there's something kind of contagious about that, about when mm-hmm. when we live that way mm-hmm. and we are vulnerable mm-hmm. and we share our heart and we are humble enough right. to ask forgiveness and right. seek forgiveness and do, make things right if we can. Mm-hmm. It, sometimes we will suffer rejection and so on, perhaps even as Reuben did. But mm-hmm. if we continue to pour ourselves out and, and quit pushing back against... Often people just fall into our arms. Mm-hmm. You know, they, right. they, uh, ah. when there's resistance, yeah. don't push back, but just, and they might fall into. Mm-hmm. And the, and I think that's the whole idea. It's past. It's life touching life, and that's the idea that he gives in chapter two. Timothy, my dear son, he says, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach things that 
have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach those truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to still others. So you see this process of life begetting life and, and, and the wonderful message, not just the message of the gospel, but the, the reality of the gospel life, the life of freedom, the mm-hmm. life of peace, of joy, of love. As we live that, it's, there's a contagiousness to, that we can pass yeah. on. In any culture, it, it can happen. It reminds me of uh, when he talks about um, the churches, uh, luke, lukewarm mm-hmm. being... He'll spit you out. Mm -hmm. And the idea there was that because water at that time, very, very hot water and very, very cold water and cold water could both be used to heal Mm -hmm. or both healing, have uh, healing uh, um, properties. properties. And so but lukewarm has has effectiveness, has it can it can draw out impurities or it can mm-hmm. uh, help and keep things from being inflamed you know put cold water in. I see. Mm-hmm. and uh anyway the church ultimately is yes should be a place and a people of healing and sometimes that is as well mm-hmm. yes exactly yeah. right well timothy titus and let's just quickly mention this this thing philemon. about philemon it's yeah. a little bit controversial in a sense because obviously we in our culture, in our society, in in our world, uh, the the idea of slavery mm-hmm. is, is has a very fixed, very specific meaning right. and an image to mm-hmm. us as a culture because uh, we were part of uh, slavery was a reality here in our own nation with. Uh, Men and women from other culture brought from Africa or native peoples here in the nation, others that were brought into uh, forced labor and that sort of thing. Uh, and here Paul brings this young man who is uh, who is belonged to the household of Philemon mm-hmm. as a slave, as a servant. Mm-hmm. We don't know what kind of a servant he was. If he was an indentured servant, did he... He had contracted to work for so long for, for wages and food, and, and then he would be set free. We don't we don't know the exact thing, but uh, Paul leads him to faith in Christ. He's set free, and then is to go back and reconcile with Philemon, mm-hmm. but under a new a new design, a new uh, uh, plan, and that is that he's your brother in Christ now. You receive him as you would receive me, mm-hmm. and it, it is very—it's a very powerful little letter that we see there, and, and the the love that Paul expresses toward Philemon, his friend, a long time friend, and uh, and uh, Onesimus. Uh, I've forgotten the name. Onesimus. 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 Yeah, the the uh, slave himself. He he sends him back, and some people are kind of concerned that Paul Paul sent him back, but. The, the thing there, we we can't judge something that happened then, 2,000 years ago, in a cultural reality of that moment, with the same standard that we would in our own culture and times, because we don't know exactly what what the relationship was there. Yeah. There was a great deal of slavery in the Roman Empire mm-hmm. in the Roman times of Rome. All, almost half of the people right. were, were lived in slavery of some kind, mm-hmm. but it wasn't always the ownership kind. Many times there were indentured servants. There were people would, who would Jacob have been considered a slave, kind of quote unquote, to um, to um, 
Layman is it? Uh, to, uh, uh, yeah, Layman, his mm-hmm. his uh, his uncle. No, uh, were there. He, he was under in, in, he was injured. Right. He had contracted for a certain period right. of time to work for a certain thing to receive. So would and that so have been that would have something? Been, yeah, could be considered slavery been, mm-hmm. in our times if we look back on it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying is that we have to be careful about trying to judge biblical times, right. either the New Testament or the even worse, the Hebrew scriptures and Hebrew right. cultures and societies uh, with with modern values in mind and modern uh, realities. Would it the, have been the different similar, worlds altogether. Or could there have been similar, uh, like employer, employee? Would yes. Would it have sometimes been like that? As well? Yeah. That's, that's how I'm told that when we read in the New Testament about uh, slaves and masters and that sort of thing and how they to respond to each other. There, uh, today, probably we should apply those principles, particularly and especially to the employee, employer-employee relationship, mm-hmm. how we should treat those who work for us and how mm-hmm. workmen should treat and respect those who have hired them and, and, and have given them the job. Mm-hmm. So the relationship there, that, that's what I understand. Uh, so we we can uh, we can learn from these books for sure. Still, uh, they have an application to the world we live in as well. Let's jump quickly, if we can, over into we don't have a too awful long time, but let's at least introduce now this great prophet Isaiah. He uh, he was one of the prophets who of the long, a long ministry experience for about forty one years from seven forty B C to 681 B.C. And so we have about 39 or 40 years there that that Isaiah served as a uh, prophet of God. Let me see, 740 to 680. No, that's that's more than that. That's 40 to 680. (laughs) I'm trying to get it right. That's almost 60 years. He ruled, he ministered during the time of Jotham, Ahaz, uh, Hezekiah and into the reign of Hezekiah's son Manasseh, and it is said that Manasseh, who was a very wicked, uh, it, it's also has always been very interesting to me to me how sometimes a very godly king like Hezekiah was a godly king. Yeah. He sought the Lord. He he tried to he, he tore down the Asherah poles and the false idols to the false gods and had. Uh, teachers go out across the land to read and teach the scriptures and teach the law to the people. Uh, Hezekiah, a great king. And then comes Manasseh, his son, and turns out to be a real stinker. Yeah. Somebody who, you know, he, <laughs> he kind of rebels against God personally. And he uh, he has a kind of an up and down. Some of them, they played the religious role every now and again. They played the religious card for the sake of political power and influence mm-hmm. when they had to. But he, he kind of had a. There was a time in Manasseh's life, even that he almost seemed like he, he believed God and he was trusting God. Uh, and and but then it, it turned back again to kind of the. Then he went and sawed Isaiah in half. Yeah, and he was the one. Uh, it is said to have killed Isaiah. Uh, by saw he, he put him in a log and then sawed the log in half, uh, and uh, that is uh, that's not in the scriptures, but it, it is Hebrew uh, Jewish tradition says that that's how Isaiah died during the reign of Manasseh. Uh, but whether that's uh, that particularly is true or not, we see that Isaiah and there is Isaiah may have been in the writer of Hebrews in the right. the 
the rundown, the, the, the honor list of faith, he talks about how prophets were martyred, they were killed, they were sawn in half. Mm-hmm. And, and it's thought that he it's referencing it was Isaiah. referencing Isaiah mm-hmm. in that chapter in, in the book of Hebrews. So, uh, so we have this, this great prophet, about 60 years of ministry. Uh, wow, that's a long, long time. Now, my wife and I have been involved in ministry now for a little, I for a little more than 50 years uh, when I, mm-hmm. I, I came from right. church ministry and, and so on and came onto the staff of Campus Crusade for Christ. But we've been with Campus Crusade on the mission fields of the world for 50 years. This year, this is our celebration of 50 years of marriage and 50 years of being in, in the ministry. But Isaiah got us beat there with 60 years. <laughs> We're going to have to tie. Yeah, we got to tie him. Hang in there, Mom. Don't We're going to make it. Avoid logs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't fall down Don't is fall. We, the, yes, the okay. 11th commandment uh, for, uh, for elderly folk. Do not fall down. Uh, so we have Isaiah here uh, during this this was a hundred years, about a hundred years before uh, Nebuchadnezzar comes down and destroys uh, Jerusalem. So uh, okay. it's halfway during the reign of Isaiah is when uh, uh, Shalmaneser, the, the, the emperor of Assyria. Uh, of Assyria, comes down and and destroys Samaria, the capital of Israel, the ten northern tribes, and destroys them. They're never reconstituted as a people again. So this is a great, I mean, this is a huge, Isaiah's ministry time Mm. spans. Now, did he start his ministry when they were, how how many years had they been split, the tribes had been split. They they split in seven. Was it seven thirty? I'm trying to remember okay. when the kingdom split. I know this. Right. Uh, let's see. It's is it seven ten seven. <laughs> uh, I believe it was somewhere there in the, in the eighth century, seven hundreds. Yes. Okay. So it had already been split. So Isaiah then comes in. Um, Mm-hmm. With it, okay, already split, but he sees it through when it, a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, he sees it through a lot, and this is a major. This is this it is has already big been news. split, <laughs> yes. And he comes in and and he addresses mainly, uh, mainly to the people of Judah, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he addresses Moab. He addresses Babylon. Yeah. Nebuchadnezzar, the emperor. Mm-hmm. He, he boy, he preaches straight to them and tells them, you know. What for? And, and but he, but he's the first thir- thirty nine chapters of the book are about judgment. He is he's warning people of judgment, both Israel and other groups. He's warning them of God's righteous judgment and and calling them to repentance. Mm-hmm. But when they insist and and that they will not, he pronounces judgment and pronounces God's righteousness. So the first thirty nine chapters are pretty stern. Yeah. But then if you look in chapter 40, it says, uh, comfort ye, comfort ye. It begins immediately with a different theme. Mm-hmm. He begins to preach to them hope mm-hmm. and comfort and that, the, the, that God will restore them. God is a forgiving God. God can, and, and, and he begins to talk about the Messiah who will come and it will mm-hmm. affect uh, 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 forgiveness and cleansing in the kingdom of God. So uh, it, it's a, a fascinating book. Isaiah, a fascinating individual. His testimony itself, it, we read about it this last week, and in, in, uh, it's a very well-known chapter of the book, Isaiah chapter 6. 
where uh, where Isaiah tells the story in chapter six of his uh, call to ministry. Mm-hmm. He says, "In the year that King Uzziah died, now uh, uh, Uzziah is another rendering of the word Azariah." So it's the same king, the same person. Uzziah is a different rendering of the name. But he says, in the year that King Uzziah died. Now, Azariah reigned for just about 40 years as well, from 796 uh, to 766. What's that, 30 years? 30 years. He had a good long reign. He was a good king, a godly king. And they had experienced prosperity and uh, time of peace and so uh azariah in the year that he died was the year that isaiah is called and and it might have been a year of pain that might have been a difficulty much like our nation experienced for for example in in the death of president kennedy in the 60s or if if you think of uh, queen elizabeth you know when yeah when a when a leader dies and passes, a good leader that is dear to the people many years it it brings about uh stress and worry and anxiety and and also sadness because you've grown accustomed to his face (laughs) Uh, to his uh, leadership but so in the year that king uzziah died he says i saw the lord he was sitting on a lofty throne and the train of uh, his robe filled the temple. Uh, attending him were mighty seraphim angels, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. That is also another song, right, that we sing. Mm-hmm. So we see in chapter six the telling of his testimony of how he was called to ministry. Oh, I love that after that. Yeah. Go ahead. And I said, it's all over. I am doomed for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips and I live among a people with filthy mm-hmm. lips. I love I think that's just, that would, that would, that's such a humble. Oh yeah. Just react. I mean, when you see God in his holiness, all of a sudden. I'm doomed. Oh, <laughs> that's it. I'm, I'm done. I've had it. This, <laughs> and then God and yet, sends an angel to touch I, his lips uh, with, with a, one of the, the coal. coals off of the altar and mm. bring healing and bring uh, clean, cleansing to his life. And then he calls him and says, who will go for us? Whom will I send as a messenger to this people? And I said, here am I, send me. Mm. And what a wonderful passage. Chapter 6 of Isaiah introduces this great prophet. And then he spends some these incredible years ups and downs and back and forth there were something like we're facing today even mm-hmm, mm-hmm. people are pre- predicting all kinds of tragedies economic tragedies uh, uh ecological tragedies for right. our planet and mm-hmm. for financial uh mm-hmm. for the nations and, and the dollar is going down and this and that uh, uh and so inflation setting in. So there's all of these kinds of pressures, and that's the time in which Isaiah uh, prophesies. And there are a lot of political pressures because Assyria has a, assumed right. leadership. It's a great empire. They threaten, and, and ultimately they destroy the northern ten tribes. And then they come down and threaten to, to destroy Jerusalem. Right. And, and, and yet God delivers them under Hezekiah. Hezekiah goes to the Lord in prayer. And, and uh, we see that we've read about that. He go, his first response is to go to God in prayer. And God says, because you prayed, I'm going to deliver you. 
And so we read about this amazing deliverance from the armies of Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. Uh, they actually kill themselves overnight. In the, remember, this is the great story of the lepers who, who go out. They're, they're locked out of the city, and they say, well, let's go into the camp of the Assyrians. Or we're just going to die here and starve. And so they go, and they find the whole Assyrian has been abandoned, and they find all this food. And, so, and, and God delivers them miraculously in mm-hmm. uh, this time uh, of Isaiah and his, under the king Hezekiah. Uh, we're just about out of time, but that's kind of an introductory remarks to the book of Isaiah as he addresses uh, Syria in the north. He later will address the people of Babylon and the emperor of Babylon, and he calls the people of, of Judah to repent, turn yeah, back to God. I think one of the, uh, in this New Living Translation, one of the uh, things that I love that they brought out in the study Bible is that it is a time of fear or faith. And that many of the leaders at that time, Isaiah was calling was leadership to mm-hmm. walk by faith and to to and to to fear the Lord only, mm-hmm. <laughs> listen to His word, listen to His, and that many of the leaders that just as much as they might want to, they might take sort of the give give uh, some credence, you know, give listen some listening ear maybe to what the Lord said, maybe some lip service, lip service, mm-hmm. right? But ultimately made choices based on manipulation or, or yeah. fear of people. That's what and, they did. They formed an alliance with right, Egypt. Exactly. And they were told not, not to do to. that. And just let it be. And, and, it, and, and then mm-hmm. God would take care of right. Babylon. And they but, would, mm-hmm. but they fear, and they said, highlighted that a fear of people leads to a life of dread. And mm-hmm. we see that, I think, a lot today when we're fearing people. We're dreading tomorrow, dreading the news, dreading. But a life of faith in the Lord is... Is I joy love that as a theme. Some presidential <laughs> candidate should take that as his theme. <laughs> right. Faith, Faith, not fear. <laughs> oh. oh, there we are, folks. We'll see you next week here on the Bible Live broadcast. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.